Hello and welcome to the Behavioral Healthcare Executive Podcast. I'm BHE Digital Managing Editor Tom Valentino, and today I am joined by Nate Hartman, the Corporate Vice President of Operations for Symmetria Recovery. Nate, welcome to the program. Hey, thanks, Tom, for having me. Absolutely. So last month at the Treatment Center Investment and Valuation Retreat out in Arizona, you delivered a very engaging presentation on the subject of building and maintaining a strong behavioral health workforce. Uh, This is obviously a topic of great interest to our BHE podcast audience as well. I got a whole bunch of questions for you, but first off, why don't you tell us a little bit about your organization and the work that you do? Sure. So uh, Symmetra Recovery is a network of uh, OTP clinics uh, in uh, Illinois and Texas. Uh, We have uh, 12 clinics. Uh, We provide uh, a full suite of uh, clinical services alongside the dispensation of of medications uh, for opioid use uh, disorder. Uh, So I'm the corporate vice president of OPS. So uh, have a hand in, in, in just about everything uh, from field operations to uh, admissions and intake uh, to uh, marketing and, and beyond. Okay. Well, as part of operations, obviously, that would include uh, managing the workforce uh, of your organization. Um, what do you see as being the biggest factors that are currently impacting uh, behavioral health professionals and uh, from a workforce perspective, either positively or negatively? Yeah, there are, I think, mostly macro factors that are, that are having a big impact. Uh, you know, the the uh, healthcare labor pools, I think, have um, been really impacted uh, as a result of, of COVID uh, and uh, for a number of reasons, uh, one of the simple ones is our, our roles like uh, nurses and, and, and counselors who have actually left the labor force. There are other healthcare workers who have left uh, the, the labor force. Uh, and more specifically, uh, work from home trends that, that are happening. And, you know, depending on where you sit in the behavioral health field, that has either helped or uh, hurt your business. There are Obviously, whole businesses that have sprung up uh, around uh, work from home, uh, and other businesses that are that are really uh, hurt by that. That have more of a face-to-face uh, offering. Uh, I, I also think the the dynamics between uh, employees and employers uh, have have changed in in some pretty meaningful ways, and uh, employees uh, want different things than they wanted. Uh, at the beginning of the pandemic, uh, compensation uh, has has changed, and there's been inflation in in uh, uh, pay, uh, in more so maybe specifically in, in healthcare, uh, or at least equally so as as other industries, but specifically in healthcare. So I think that creates a challenging dynamic as for employers, compensation has gone up, and, and employees want something different. So that relationship. Uh, I think has a lot of of, of impacts uh, on on the employees and employers uh, going forward as well. Are there other items that employees are looking for outside of increased compensation that maybe weren't as big of a priority a few years ago? Yeah, I think I think the uh, 
overall quality of life uh, is is more uh, in focus. The the uh, work life balance uh, is is more in focus. Uh, employees, I think COVID kind of gave us all a, uh, a a bit of a pause, a bit of a a look into our own mortality, a look into the 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 uh, family dynamics that that has caused us to pause and say, what do we what do we want uh, out of work? Um, are we getting satisfaction from work? Are we making a difference uh, in this world? There have been uh, not just COVID, but other social movements that have gone on that that I think have driven people to say, I want I want work that matters in in this world. Uh, and maybe a little bit odd in the behavioral health space that that would be a change. Um, because I think a lot of people get into this line of work uh, to impact um, the world in a positive way. But, but I just think that the uh, magnitude and, and frequency of, of employees who want that connection to something that makes a difference uh, has, has changed. Um, and, and social dynamics have, have changed. I think employees, uh, probably didn't realize that they uh, had the kind of social connections that they did uh, through work previously. And a lot of those social connections were broken uh, at the beginning of the pandemic. And I think uh, many of them are, are craving some of those uh, social connections to, to get them back. Uh, and they spend you know, so much of their lives at work that they, they have an expectation that they get some of that social interaction, social capital from work. Okay, you use that word capital. It reminds me, during your presentation at TCIV, uh, you discussed uh, human capital strategy. In other words, it's a, a plan for building a workforce that aligns with an organization's goals and can achieve desired outcomes. Can you walk us through the key components of a human capital strategy and, and how you um, implement this in, in the work that you do? Sure, and... and- you know, I think when you when you talk about uh, strategy, um, you're you're talking about uh, at the at the most kind of base level, you're talking about two things. You're talking about uh, uh, competition, right? Uh, what what uh, you have to do to compete in the marketplace, uh, and and that dovetails right into what what do you need as an organization to be uh, uniquely successful. Uh, and create value. Uh, and so from uh, a, a human capital standpoint, um, I think you first need to understand what what it is that your organization strives to deliver uh, in terms of value to the people who you're serving, value to your patients and, and uh, other stakeholders. And then what are the what are the specific activities and attributes that um, you need from your employees? Uh, to create that value, and then you have to take a step back and you have to say, okay, how do we how do we define or how do we identify uh, those characteristics? Um, how do we uh, make sure that those uh, activities are happening? Uh, and then, who are the people? What what where do we find them? Uh, what what are the the uh, other forces that we're competing with, who are our competitors and competing for that specific subset of, of talent. And I'll give you an example. 
so at Symmetria, uh, we utilize uh, nurses, right? Nurses are a very important part of uh, our, our care delivery model. They're the ones who are dispensing medications. Well, uh, nurses have a lot of, of uh, alternative options, places to go work. So we're, as we're thinking about um, how do we compete for nurses uh, who are going to uh, come in, have a customer service orientation, have a orientation to uh, detail-oriented work, uh, but are not going to necessarily have the uh, bedside uh, work that you might have at a hospital or even a, a residential uh, treatment facility. Um, and we have to think about where we can compete. For us at, at Symmetria, <laughs> we can't usually uh, compete with a hospital system on compensation, right? You have nurses who are working uh, long hours, working in uh, highly stressful uh, environments. Maybe they're traveling, uh, and the compensation that they can offer is usually higher than than what we can offer. Where we can compete uh, is areas like uh, culture. Now we can compete on. Uh, job role and job design. We can compete on what are the roles and responsibilities uh, that that uh, a nurse has when they are are in the day to day. How much stress comes from that? Uh, we can compete on uh, work life balance. Right, we're not uh, we're not open twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. We're not open holidays. So then we 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 take a step back and we say, okay, we've got to make a series of decisions, right? And to me, the strategy is all about making decisions of, of what you're going to do and what you're not going to do, what you're going to focus on and what you're not going to focus on. In uh, in nurses is a good example. We've got to focus on building a culture and building uh, job roles that um, are, are attractive and managing schedules in a way that are attractive to nurses. Uh, and therefore, we're going to attract a different set of, of nurses and we can attract the nurses who um, are are really ambitious and driven by their compensation right now. We've got to attract nurses who have other uh, desires and, and and needs, and in that way, we kind of stack up those decisions and and those those key decisions build the, the strategy for for human capital. So it seems uh, like you're really trying to play to your strengths, figuring out here are the areas where we can compete. These are the things that we're going to emphasize that we're going to play up. Are there common mistakes that you see other behavioral health care organizations making, things that they should not be doing? Yeah, I, I mean, look, I, I think uh, compensation is, is a tough one, but it's it's one where I think other organizations, and, and we've done it too, we've made the mistake to think that um, compensation is the key point that we're competing on. Uh, and, and it's tough because it's not that we don't want to pay our employees well. We do, right? It's just that for our uh, job design and our job roles, we can't compete on compensation. And so I think it's a mistake to try to compete on compensation. And eventually you keep edging up and edging up uh, and you end up in a place where uh, you, it's not it's not a sustainable uh, it's not a sustainable model anymore. So that's a that's a that's a big one, and it's a it's a challenging line to 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 know where to to walk. So we've talked a lot about acquiring talent and, and bringing folks in and, and finding the the best qualified uh, 
professionals to fill the roles on your staff. What steps should organizations be taking to develop uh, talent and retain staff um, once these folks are on board? Yeah. uh, You know, one of the first things that, that I talk to my managers about is uh, acknowledging the fact that uh, everybody's stay with us is temporary, right? And everyone is going to leave at, at some point, right? Again, another hard truth to, to, to stomach. But if we acknowledge that everybody's going to leave at some point, then we, we, we go uh, back up into the journey of, of our employees and we say, what are the things that are going to uh, make that departure further in the future and make their experience with us as employees better while they're here? Make them better employees and make the experience better when it's here. Uh, and I think there's, there is so much of uh, the, the longevity and the success of, of that experience that comes from uh caring enough about your employees to develop them uh, and, and spending time uh, developing your employees' uh, personal skill sets and professional skill sets. Uh, and that doesn't, that doesn't come easily. Though these are, those are really challenging things uh, in part because uh, there's, not, there's not one set of activities to develop every employee. You've really got to lean in to find out what that individual employee needs and wants in in their journey. Uh, And so there is an engagement that that has to happen. You have to understand uh, a a little bit about what drives that person, what motivates them, uh, what they want next. Uh, And then you've got to go out as as a manager and seek out the resources to help that person grow and and, and develop. And, And the risk is there that they grow and develop and you don't have the next step for them. Uh, and again, if you acknowledge that everybody's stay is, is temporary, that's okay, right? You're still developing them and you you find a little bit of, of joy when they take that next big step, even if it's outside of your company. And I think it's that level of, of care and attention to what matters to your employees that attract them to stay, that they understand that the company and their their manager really truly cares about them as as people and as as employees. Building that type of relationship with employees, do you find that that's a big key towards combating burnout? I mean, that's an issue that has obviously been uh, a big challenge with practitioners in this field for a long time. Quiet quitting is yeah. another term that we've heard a lot about in the last year or so. Um, do you see the having those conversations as being the key towards hopefully staving off those challenges and or or maybe limiting them from becoming more widespread within within your organization? I think that's it, Tom. I, I mean, I think um, engaging with with your employees um, uh, and finding out what what they need is absolutely an anecdote to to that burnout. Does it mean that um, you're you're always going to be able to prevent it? No. Uh, but when you engage with with employees and, uh, and find out what it is that's grinding on them, what it is that's weighing on them, that's, that's creating um, the dissonance and uh, creating that that fatigue that eventually leads to burnout, it may be 
that this role at this company is not the right role for them right now in their lives and what they need and, and want out of their work. Uh, and again, this goes back to the acknowledgement that all of this is is temporary. And if, if you can get there and you can engage with people and find out that uh, the, the match of their skills to what the company needs right now doesn't fit, then you say, okay, let's find and build the skills for you to go do something else internally or go find a, a job that's a better match for your skills. And I think when you're doing that, you're engaging people, you're avoiding that burnout uh, and, and you're helping people find a path that that, that fills their needs uh, and fills their desires. And, and by the way, what you get there is engaged employees who are doing good work, who who want to to uh, work hard for you and, and want to work hard to the end of, of treating patients really, really well. Good stuff. Nate Hartman, Corporate VP at Symmetria Recovery. Thank you so much for taking the time. This has been awesome. Hey, thank you, Tom. I appreciate it. All right. As a reminder, you could subscribe to the BHE podcast on Apple Podcasts, as well as other podcast listening platforms. And all the past episodes of our show are available on our website, behavioral.net. Our thanks once again to Nate Hartman for joining us today. I'm Tom Valentino, and this has been the Behavioral Healthcare Executive Podcast. 